you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Toss sweep for Wilson. Cut back, run. 20, 10, 5, touchdown! Nick Bosa right through the middle. Throws down Matthew Stafford. Caught! By Debo Samuel breaks a tackle 40. Debo 35 30, 25 20. Breaks another tackle 15 10, 5. Touchdown! Now that feels great, baby. That may be his best play in the oh. NFL. Intercepted him coming back the other way. Talanoa Hufunga. The 49ers have beaten the L.A. Rams for a seventh consecutive regular season matchup. So there are a couple of things we know about the Rams and the 49ers when they play in Santa Clara. Number one, the game is usually almost always in primetime. Number two, the Niners always win. We have kind of sort of seen that movie before, and with that, we welcome you to a Tuesday edition NFL Now, NFL Network. My name is Andrew Siciliano. That guy had seen the movie before as well. Hi there, Steve White. What do you say, Andrew? Get used to a lot of this. The Tongan Tiger. Yes. Helenoa Hufanga did it once again. had a huge yep. game-changing play in that game. Former guest, oh, by the way, on NFL Now, when he was coming out of USC, helped the Niners beat the team that he once shared a stadium with. How about that? Here in Los Angeles, we have quarterback news from Pittsburgh. Also, Mike Tomlin called an opposing player an alien visiting from another planet. We'll tell you which player and try to find out which planet coming up shortly. Rams lose. Niners win. That's seven in a row in the regular season. One of those games we knew it was going to be a battle. Um, you know, we weren't. We weren't good enough, you know, myself and, you know, first and foremost in the red zone, had some opportunities to put some points up and, and didn't uh, didn't get touchdowns there. And that's, you know, probably the difference in the game. It's always nice to beat these guys division game. And just, uh, I don't know, every time we play the Rams, it's a dogfight. It always is and always usually comes down to, you know, the last couple minutes. And I think Huff made a huge play for us at the end there to kind of seal it for us. Each game's different, and that was a big one, obviously. Um, still counts the same, but anytime you win one in your division, um, and coming off how we were last week, um, we needed to play good, and um, I thought we did. Not perfect at all, but um, definitely played better. However you want to cut it, we have to be better collectively, coaches and players, um, and there's no other way around it, and there's no other way I know how to fix it other than go back to work. Um, everybody needs to be able to look inward, but um, the red area, I mean, to have three good drives and only come away with nine points in a game that was a back-and-forth battle like that, um, that ended up being the difference. And then when you do make it a one-possession game and you got some momentum, a couple game first downs, and we throw an interception for a touchdown on a screen, um, those are the things that you know don't help you win games. Look, there are a lot of what-ifs here. Brian Balding with us. Great to have you, Balding. We're not here to pile necessarily on the Rams. They are 2-2. Two and two. They have problems, we think, here that are fixable. They have O-line injury issues that may not be fixable in the short term. But we always say, Steve, in this rivalry, 
A, they don't like each other, but B, when the Niners win, it's because they are generally, and the Rams hate this, the more physical team. And it's always in primetime, as I said, and it's always up there, and the game always goes sideways. The Rams may hate it, but they have to understand it's the truth. I mean, when you see the Rams lose, it's typically they get out physical down the lines of scrimmage, and then that kind of leads to the landslide. We saw it in Buffalo. We saw it when they had a three-game losing streak last season. It's the more physical team, and you mentioned it, Andrew, though. They've had... They're, they were down to their, what, third-string guards on both sides. So D'Amico Ryans just dialed up a, a physical masterpiece. Seven sacks of Matthew Stafford. He seemed to get rattled. They could not run the ball. We've seen this before. This is what the Niners do. They're one of the best run defenses. Chris Kucerich, their D-line coach, might be the best D-line coach in the NFL. They take advantage of mismatches, and they absolutely did that. And, Baldy, it's funny. You know, every year, you know, there's always these polls. Who's the second-year player who's going to take the big jump? And what do we do? We automatically go to quarterbacks. Brian Baldinger, Talanoa Hufanga is the second-year player who looks like he might be the guy we need to talk about taking the big jump. Well, you can't take your eyes off him. I mean, the guy just plays the game like a blur. But he's always under control because his tackling is crisp. He plays like a linebacker in a box. He plays like a takeaway safety on the back end. Really nothing he can't do. But, you know, it came down last night, Tyler Higby's, like, pick on that hit screen to Cooper Cup and just jumped it. And, you know, it was great, great eyes on his part right there to make that play, to put the game on ice. But this game was decided with red zone defense. Uh, and when you watch him, when you watch the 49ers play, the first thing that jumps out is their overall team speed on defense. It shows up everywhere. There's really no weakness to this defense right now. And the Niners were down a couple of defensive pieces yesterday. Javon Kinlaw in the middle of the D-line didn't dress. Eric Armstead was questionable. He did get out there, but then the injury, the foot injury flared up. He couldn't finish the game. He was limping into the locker room afterwards. So there are some concerns there. And let's get back to the Rams' offensive issues. Obviously, there are a lot of them. We could talk about Cooper Cup getting the lion's share, really the only guy that Stafford's looking at, not named Tyler Higby. You mentioned the O-line as well. They're on their fourth right guard, third center, and two, and the second left guard here because David Edwards couldn't go. So the interior of that line right now is a mess. And that's a problem. That is a problem because, Ball, do you know this guard-to-guard play in the NFL is huge because otherwise teams are going to be blitzing the A-gaps. If they've got the speed like we saw with the Niners, they can stop the flow plays on the outside that the Rams like to do with that, with that outside zone run scheme. And with the Dallas Cowboys next, they've got the players to match that up. So the injuries, they are what they are. Look, the Rams, this isn't a one-game issue. They're averaging 17.5 points a game. This offense has yet to find any type of stride, and part of that is because no other receiver uh, has stepped up. I mean, you know, Allen Robinson, we can sit here all we want and say, man, Stafford is locked in a Cooper Cup. Javarius Ward got on Allen Robinson last night and, and just locked him up. Just wouldn't let him get free. Maybe that's a continuing issue. Look, all we heard out of training camp, Andrew, was Tutu Atwell and Allen Robinson look great. Tutu Atwell has two targets with a healthy scratch last night, and Allen Robinson just has not found his stride with this offense. Well, Steve, you know, Matt Stafford was sacked seven times. He was hit 11 times. He was under pressure all night. He barely had time to go from Cooper Cup, you know, to Tyler Higbee when he had to. But that third receiver, they really miss. You know, Van Jefferson, uh, you know, having Odell last year, like they had that third guy. Stafford knew how to get to the third guy. 
And right now, Allen Robinson is having a hard time getting off the press. It's just a fact. I could put up 10 plays last night trying to beat Charvarius Ward or when it is his own coverage. He's just the timing with him and Stafford isn't there yet. Maybe they will find it, but it is not there yet. And let's face it, uh, you have to work around your offensive line issues. Like they're not coming through the door. There's no all pros coming through. You have to figure out how to cobble together if you're going to be a passing team. And right now, there are not enough good runs to keep the running game going and keep that defense off balance. 49ers had no problem sending Fred Warner or Dre Greenlaw as a fifth rusher last night. And other teams will do the same, like Dallas this week. Jeremiah Colon, I had to finish that game at center. He's been around four or five years on and off the practice squad, on and off the roster, but, but never in a real game situation necessarily outside of the preseason where he's playing center. He's making the calls. Niners obviously took advantage. And, and obviously the point, too, about Van Jefferson. Everyone wants to say, well, Allen Robinson replaced Robert Woods. Van Jefferson was really supposed to take that Robert Woods role. He's out, he's hasn't come back as fast as they had hoped from the knee injury. He should be back after the bye. But the schedule does not get easier after the bye. It gets that much more difficult. Thank you, guys. Next up for the Rams, by the way, they get the Cowboys. We're still kind of maybe saying that there's a chance Dak could play. Mike McCarthy said yesterday it's going to really, really, you know, turn on Wednesday's practice. Here's what Jerry Jones had to say today. Considering uh, the injury, considering the location of the injury, I don't know that you could make any more progress. And uh, there's some things here about healing that, uh, again, I often say only the man upstairs knows how that works. Right. But he'll have a big uh, week, and he'll be hard on himself uh, getting it ready to go. Is he able That's to? All I can say. Is, is he able to grip the football now? Uh, no, not well enough to uh, uh, play. All right, let's get our insiders in here. Mike Garofolo, Tom Pelissero. Funny how last week Bill Belichick said, what am I, a doctor? I'm not an orthopedic surgeon. Jerry Jones seemingly every 48 hours gets in front of a microphone and acts as if he is, he is a doctor. It is his team, Tom. Uh, and I guess it comes down to whether or not he can grip the football and practice fully tomorrow, and then we'll get a far better idea. Well, Dr. Jerry's opinion seemed to shift with the wind here over the past several weeks, Andrew. But Dak Prescott is seeing an actual doctor today to gather further information on the healing of that thumb. Now, my understanding is the hope this week is get Dak into some individual periods, maybe a little bit of scout team. But you heard Mike McCarthy say it yesterday at the podium. that He wants to see him get a full week of work before he plays. You couple that with Jerry going on the radio and saying that Dak can't grip the football well enough. It's very clear that Dak Prescott, barring some type of miracle here, is not playing this week against the Rams. However, next week against the Eagles, that's always been the realistic target. At that point, you'd be four weeks out from surgery. That is still a possibility for Dak. Again, depending how well he's able to grip that football, how well the bone has healed based upon the doctor's examinations, and then how much rust he has to knock off. The Cowboys, of course, can afford to be patient here, Mike, because they are 3-0 and right now with Cooper Rush as their starting quarterback. There's no need for them to rush back Dak Prescott until they're certain that he's 100% and ready to roll. Regular viewers of NFL Now, and uh, we know who you are, and we appreciate you, know that we've been saying that Eagles game has been really the realistic target all along. But it's okay, because we've got shows to fill, and Jerry likes to talk on the radio a lot, and that's great, and we can react to it and kind of put it all in perspective and say, well, Jerry might be a little too optimistic here. He's got shows to fill, too, but we're 
pretty much where we thought we'd be all along. And Cooper Rush has done a great job of keeping this team afloat. And, and I continue to say the decision on Dak Prescott coming back really has nothing to do with Cooper Rush. It's nice that you've got that flexibility. But when Dak Prescott's ready to come back, Dak Prescott will come back. He's just not ready right now. But again, we think next week against the Eagles could be a realistic return possibility for Dak Prescott. And we think that you should tune in tomorrow and the next day <laughs> and the next day for further Dak Prescott updates. Come on back. Come on back now. We're here for you. Mike McCarthy did say yesterday that if Dak practices fully on Wednesday, we don't think he's going to, then that would be a good sign. So again, tune in tomorrow. Uh, Mike, how about Pittsburgh? We had Mike Tomlin take yeah. to the podium today and make it official, official, official. Kenny Pickett's his guy. That's right. Now, Mike Tomlin did say that uh, Mitchell Trubisky's play was a factor, but it was not the factor. He said he didn't want to put that all at his feet. And what that means is he didn't play well enough, but everybody around him didn't play well enough. And, and Tomlin said... Myself included. We didn't coach well enough with Mitch Trubisky as the starting quarterback. So he's looking for some kind of spark. So in comes Kenny Pickett. Look, they've been impressed with Pickett all along. From the spring, when he stepped right in and really started to show him what he can do, to the summer, when he stepped into preseason games and played really well. And Tomlin said once we got into stadiums, the moment wasn't too big for him. And then during the season, when he continued to put in extra work, extra film time, uh, extra on-field time, as much as he could possibly do to get himself ready to play when called upon. Now, he, he played okay the other day. There was a third down throw that they really loved where Quinn and Williams was bearing down on him and he was still able to let the ball go and complete it for a first down to Pat Fryermuth. That's the kind of spark that they're looking for the Pittsburgh Steelers right now because they've got to get better on offense, period, Tom. We talked about this going back to that Thursday night game in Cleveland, Mike, that the Steelers really were taking a week-to-week -week approach at that point in terms of Mitch Trubisky and their evaluation of him. There has been frustration. Some of it's bubbled over publicly from the wide receivers about not pushing the ball down the field enough, not doing so effectively enough. Well, Trubisky did do it that night in Cleveland. They didn't connect on a whole lot of them. That's something where they're hoping that Kenny Pickett, based on some of those throws you mentioned, will be able to open up certain things that they really value in this this offense. Now, Pickett was far from perfect in his debut. He threw three interceptions, made one or two bad decisions among those, but also ran for a couple of touchdowns. You could see the juice. As one person very familiar with the situation put it to me yesterday, even if it would make sense on the road in Buffalo to stick with the veteran Mitch Trubisky against his old team, at this point, once you've benched him in favor of the rookie, every other player is looking around wondering when it's going to happen again. It's hard to go back. That's why they're moving forward right now with the future, Kenny Pickett. And Tomlin did concede today that he, he thought about the whole Buffalo thing in making this decision, but he is sticking with Pickett. Also interesting that Mitch Trubisky is a captain, and Tomlin said, yeah, he's going to be out there with the captains before the game for the coin toss uh, against his former teammates there. Let's get to New York, where there is still a Daniel Jones question, and Tyrod Taylor is in the concussion protocol before heading to London. So, Mike, the Giants are looking for backup quarterbacks with passports. 
Yes. Somebody asked me if A.J. McCarron has a passport after I tweeted out that he's one of the guys uh, in there working out today. And I said, uh, I, I don't know. I, I assume so. I mean, I, they, they have to have that ready to go to take the trip to London. So we'll see about the passport and the things. We'll also see how this workout goes today. A.J. McCarron, uh, Jake Fromm, who was with the Giants last year, a different coaching staff, but was with the Giants uh, last year. He is also part of the workout. They need somebody that can get up to speed quickly. Now, McCarron could because he was with the Bills in 2018 when Brian Dayball was there. Joe Shane, now the general manager of the Giants, was there as well. So there is familiarity with McCarron. As for Daniel Jones and that ankle, I'm getting a lot of shrugs and I don't knows and we'll, sp we'll see. Brian Dayball certainly did not commit to it. Uh, the idea of Jones playing when he spoke to the media yesterday. So it seems like he's got a bit of work to do before uh, he could potentially play. Tyrod Taylor's got that concussion. Doesn't seem like they're uh, counting on him. So, Davis Webb, you're up next, and maybe somebody that they, that they signed today, Andrew. Okay, you're up next. Speaking of signing today, the Broncos made it official today, Tom, that uh, they have a new running back with Javante Williams on IR. That's right, Andrew. The Broncos are signing Latavius Murray off the Saints practice squad just a couple of days after Murray scored a touchdown in London for the New Orleans Saints. Now, I tweeted out that news last night. I got a lot of Saints fans very confused in my mentions asking, how is this possible he was just on the team? Well, this is why. Up until COVID in 2020, you couldn't have veterans on the practice squad. That changed. Guys like Murray now are eligible because they altered the rules even going into 2022. So you've got a vested veteran player on the practice squad who you can elevate to the roster up to three times. However, after the game, they revert to your practice squad, which means anybody in the league can sign them. These don't happen as much anymore because so many teams have all these veterans on their practice squads, but the Broncos had a need with Javante Williams out, Melvin Gordon obviously dealing with fumbling issues, and they find a guy in Latavius Murray they're very familiar with because Broncos GM George Payton was with Murray some years ago in Minnesota. And there's a report out of New Orleans that the Saints made Murray an offer to stick around on their active roster, and he chose for what he thought was the better opportunity in Denver there. Backing up Melvin Gordon, perhaps, on a short week on TNF. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Mike. Coming up next, the Eagles are thanking Hassan Reddick. He is back home, and he is wreaking havoc how he is part of a special Philadelphia defense. Reddick joins us coming up. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I said it! We had it way better with the details, the preparation, everything we do. Rain, sleet, and snow, the Eagles train to go. A way to persevere. A way to persevere through adversity. Four, up, down 14, we didn't flinch. At all. We didn't flinch. And we're going to need that to continue to do what we're trying to do. Hey, man, I love y'all boys. It's a family, man. Family on three. One, two, three. Rain, sleet, or snow. Yep, they're undefeated. Don't blame the weather. 
Don't blame the weather. Blame this guy, Hassan Reddick. Do you live in the backfield? Two strip sacks this past Sunday. He actually lives in, in the house he's, he's sitting in now, joining us on an off day on NFL <laughs> Network. Hassan Reddick, how are you, man, at 4-0? Oh, man, I'm doing excellent, Andrew. Couldn't be better. Well, thanks for joining us, and thanks for doing this again as an off day, sitting here at home or on an off day. Um, how cool is it for you? How rewarding to come back home. You grew up just across the river in Camden, like 10 minutes away. Went to high school there. To come back home and not only play for the Eagles, wear the uniform that maybe you wanted to wear as a kid, but be 4-0 through all this, Hassan. It's... it's it's amazing, man. It's a blessing. Um, and it means more than what anybody knows to wear that midnight green and, you know, be from here to represent my city, to represent my hometown um, every week in that midnight green. It, it just means everything to me. Glad to be home. There, there are some people, Hassan, who don't want the distraction of playing at home, right? Everybody wants something from you. Everybody wants a ticket or, or come over to the house or, or meet my aunt or my uncle. Has that been a problem? Not at all. You know, um, I'm, I'm very disciplined and I wanted to come home. I wanted to be here. I wanted this opportunity to bring my talents back home and be able to help my team win that ultimate goal, you know? Um, so the idea of coming back home, it was a no-brainer for me. Uh, not worried about distractions, you know, the pressure or anything about that. Just worried about being myself and being able to help my team win. Three and a half sacks, you were certainly helping the team win. As mentioned, you had the two strip sacks there late in the game. Game changers on Trevor Lawrence. I thought it was great. You heard Jalen there talking about the weather. thought it was great when you were on the podium after the game and somebody asked, how did the weather affect all of that and you said hey, uh, 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 uh. did you see us turn the ball over five times no we both played in the same weather does this team get enough credit you know and being a philly fan for a while even before being a philadelphia eagle myself you know it's, it's always been tough for philly as far as you know the recognition that's deserved um and you know, people, they're going to try to do what they can to discredit us. But we're not worried about that. At the end of the day, you know, we're worried about each and every individual that goes into the building every day and, you know, puts in the work, goes out on the field, puts the game plan together, all of that type of thing, all of that type of stuff. We're just worried about those people and being the best for each other, which helps, you know, on Sundays, helps us get those W's, which everyone loves to see. I think some of it might be, Hassan, that people thought you guys were going to be good, and they thought that Jalen would, would get better than he was last year, but no one thought he would take this big of a leap. When you were with the Panthers, and you guys were riding high at that point, right? You guys started so well. You played the Eagles last year. They won, but you sacked Jalen Hurts twice. Curious what you thought of him then and how that's changed now. I've always thought Jalen was a baller. Um, you know, I played him twice before coming to the Eagles um, and, and always, you know, was worried about his, his playmaking ability, his ability to, you know, get out of the pocket, get down the field, use his legs, use his arm to make plays. I always thought Jalen was a baller. Um, but the way he's playing right now is just, it, it's fantastic, it's amazing, and I'm happy for him. You know, I, I, I know the things that's 
was said about him, the things that he've heard, and the way that he just comes to work every day, the way that he's leading his team right now. I mean, he. I, I'm just happy that he's on our team. I'm happy that the success that he's having has finally, you know, is coming, the success that he's having, and I'm just glad that he's with the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know how much tape you've put on now for week five. I don't know how much tape you're going to have to put on Hassan because for those who don't know, you now are going to face another one of your former teams. You're going to face the Cardinals and you're going to face Kyler Murray. Hard to get a read on them. Right? I mean, they, they're the, they haven't scored in the first quarter. Like, it's the same game every week seemingly Kyler's got to take over in the fourth quarter run around a bunch and maybe they could pull it out what do you see with them you know just just that they they have playmakers you know they they have playmakers and especially in Kyler um he's another guy you know he can throw the ball extremely well and as you said that him running around is just he makes it hard you know having to chase him around for so long, as long as he can extend those plays and then, you know, keep his eyes downfield and still make the big throws. Um, it's, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a task. But, you know, I'm up for it. I know the team, the defense, we're up for it. We're ready for it. And, um, you know, we're ready to get out there and just continue to try to display another another great performance of who this defense is and what we can do. Real quick, last thing, I have about 30 seconds left. You practiced against him for a couple of years. You know how hard, obviously, you, you couldn't hit him in practice. Have you thought about how difficult it would be to actually lay a hit on him? Uh, I have. I have. And, you know, that's why I have to use these next couple of days in practice Um in preparation to make sure that um, I'm, I'm good on all my technique, good on all my details, uh, because it's not even about, you know, just beating the tackle. It's about what are you going to do once you get to Kyler Murray? And, you know, he, he has that he has that ability to escape and make plays. So my, my details, our details as a defense, we're going to have to be on point. We're going to have to be locked in, laser focused. Um, and do all the little things correctly. They're the only undefeated team remaining in the NFL. They lead the league in sacks with 16, and this guy is a huge reason why. Hassan Reddick coming back home and now going back to Arizona as well. Hassan, thanks for joining us on your off day. Continued success, man. Hey, Andrew, thank you as well. Thank you for having me. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Josh takes the snap, back to throw. Now he's going to run it around the left side. First down yardage inside the five. Headed towards the end zone. Is he in? Yes. Touchdown, Buffalo. Josh Allen around the left side. Touchdown, an 11-yard run for the Buffalo quarterback. What a play. The Buffalo Bills had lost 39 straight games when losing by 17 or more, but they rallied back. They rallied back against a Ravens defense that has not been good closing games out. Worst record in games decided by four points or less since December of 2021. Now, back then it was Wink Martindale as defensive coordinator. He is now in New York. Now it's Mike McDonald as defensive coordinator. But unfortunately, hi there, Jim Trotter. You were there in the rain in Baltimore Sunday. You've written about this on NFL.com. 
there is a trend, and you spoke to Calais Campbell after the game. There's a fine line between giving the other team their due respect, the Bills or the Dolphins two weeks ago, and looking inwards and saying, what is going on? What would you learn from being there? Well, Andrew, first let's provide some context here. When we talk about the Baltimore Ravens, the first thing we typically think of is great defense. From 1999 until 2020, they had ranked 18. They had ranked in the top 10 18 times out of those 22 seasons. When we see them now, they rank 30th overall, and they are dead last against the pass. But more troubling for them has been the fourth quarter. They have been outscored 43 to nine in the fourth quarter overall, and 31 to three at home in the fourth quarter. Now, when I talked to Calais Campbell and other defenders about that, one thing Calais said is, "Look, we are not going to panic." We have talent in this room. We believe that we are going to be special. And as we go forward, we will rebound from this. But they have got to address this. And when we talk about the Ravens often, it is complimentary football. Look at them offensively in the fourth quarter, too, as being a reason for the struggles. They have scored 119 points overall. But offensively, they have only scored nine points in the fourth quarter. So it's not just the defense, it's also the offense. They've got to get it all straightened out, Andrew. And it's not just the fourth quarter for that offense, Jim. They have, at least of late, come out of the gate really well in the first quarter. Right. And then something happens. I don't know if they take their foot off the gas, if they're off the first 15 scripted. What is it? Well, let me say this. There was a lot of talk about John Harbaugh's decision to go for it on fourth down, down there at the two-yard line. And afterwards, he said he had confidence in his defense to make a stop after. But what he was really saying is that he didn't have confidence in his defense to make a stop by going for it on fourth down. That said, Devin DuVernay was wide open. Mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson was just late with the ball. So it's funny the fine line here we talk about. If Lamar gets the ball out earlier... It's a touchdown, and we're probably not talking about this right now. But he did not, and that complicates it. Yeah, it complicates it. If he sees them, then they're 3-1 and one and atop the division. Instead, everyone's 2-2 two and two here, including the Bengals, who the Ravens get next in primetime coming up on Sunday night. You are watching NFL Now on NFL Network. You know, four weeks used to be a big landmark on the road to the Super Bowl. It was kind of like a rest stop. You got out, you stretched your legs, the kids ran around, you filled up the tank, and you probably looked under the hood. It was the quarter pole of the season. I don't know if that works anymore, though, for evaluation. We added the 17th game of the 18th week, and now the season just kind of feels long. I don't know if we have a really good feel as to who is good and who isn't through four weeks. We know the Eagles are good. They've got great quarterback play. They get after the other team's quarterback. I mean, that's a big thing. Same goes for the Bills. Same formula for them. And same goes for the Chiefs. But are you buying, for example, the 3-1 Vikings? The 3-1 Giants? Who knows about the Dolphins anymore? Four out of the NFL's eight divisions have a tie right now atop the standings at 2-2. Two and two. Nearly half of the teams, half of them in the league, 15 of them are 2-2. Two and two. That includes Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, who I assume, because they always do, will figure it out. 17 games in 18 weeks doesn't feel right. Still a year in. The math is off. But more importantly, teams now have time to figure it out and to save their season. So as of now, when somebody asks, is Team X any good the answer should probably be it's early man i have no idea just thinking out loud
NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.